Park Missionary Baptist Church in Granite Bay, California. And uh, I, I agree. There's a lot of people ask about California. One of the questions that normally comes up, can any good thing come from California? When I find out, I will let you know. The uh, ones that went there. <laughs> yeah. Tr- go and come back. And, you know, it's really a blessing for... Uh, for me to be back this way, in fact, I'll let you know this, is that I had called Brother Hobbs and I said, if you are planning on having a conference this year, I would love to come. I said, I haven't been able to come back to this area in some time, and uh, he agreed. So you might say that I am the uh, speaker that invited himself to dinner. And, uh, but it was a pleasure and it's been fun for me to come back. Uh, I'm sorry I could not be here last night. You talk about a lot of things that happened in a short period of time. We still own our house in Kentucky. And we lost the renters, and so we lost the renters, and I had to come back and take care of that. And what was a blessing is our renters left, and someone else said, we want the house in one fell swoop. And we said, well, praise the Lord for his blessings. But uh, God is good. He's blessing the church there. In fact, uh, we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of challenges. Uh, What most people don't realize is that uh, Landmark Missionary Baptist Church was confronted with one of the first challenges of Baptist perpetuity, uh, you know, sovereignty in those areas, and it's been a real fight out there. Um, it was amazing. At one time, there were a lot of good sound churches, and now it's down to about four or five churches that have not gone off into the reform movement of some, some form or fashion. And, uh, but we're thankful for the congregation. It is a good, solid congregation, and uh, they put up with me, and I'm blessed. I'd like for us to take our Bibles this morning. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, let you know where we're going to, of course, is verse 1. And most of us already know this verse. For it says, For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Beginning at the first of this year, I felt uh, led of the Lord to begin a series on faith. And believe it or not, from uh, the first of the year all the way to through this month, we have had literally a sermon every Sunday morning on faith. And if you think that faith can be exhausted, you're very much mistaken. And I felt that it was my need to go through a personal journey of faith, and I asked the church to accept an acronym of FIG, Faith in God, FIG. And we have figs plastered all over the walls around the church building and everything, little fig images. And underneath are scriptures that remind us where we need to have faith in God. And I discovered that I needed this for myself as more than anyone. You see, last year was probably one of the great challenging years of my life. I faced personal challenges. I saw spiritual challenges. I saw challenges that most people would never even imagine in their life. And I'm not saying that I'm any different than anyone else, but I realized at that moment that I either had real faith in God and believed that He would be able to help me through those journeys, or I was going to have total confidence in myself. And the confidence that I could possibly have in myself was nothing but failure. And so I had to really learn what faith was all about. And I I discovered something. When I was a young man, I had faith in God because I didn't know any different. I mean, I heard preachers growing up saying, you've got to have faith in God. They would use great examples. And I had a true living faith in God. But a long life journey, I began to rely more and more upon myself, especially when I saw disappointments come in. Anyone ever been there? And when those disappointments came, then I found that I was not as much relying on God as I became relying upon myself. 
But faith really comes in to someone's life when they realize that I cannot handle the particular situation on my own. I have to rely upon a God who can do it. And it is when we get to that part of our life that we begin to understand faith. Now, what I hope to in the allotted time that we have is in this short period of time be able to demonstrate to you where we do have faith. And I'll show you where we find faith and we easily have that faith. But then on the same turn, I want us to also see where we lack in faith and where we need that spiritual growth in our lives. So we want to go to the Lord in prayer, asking for his guidance in the service this morning, if you will. Father, we want to thank you again for this opportunity to preach the word of God. And I pray that you will give that which is necessary, not only to deliver the word, but that it might have a help and a place in the message this morning. I thank you, Father, for this church and the families of the, that make up this church, the believers that they come with a desire not just to enjoy the Word of God amongst many brethren, but, Father, to also be a blessing to those of us that are here. I thank you for the invitation that has been provided, and I pray, Lord, now that the message as it's delivered will be exactly what is needed for today. Oh, Father, do not leave me alone. May the Holy Spirit direct the message. Let us wait upon you, knowing that indeed the message must come from upon high, or truly that message is a failure. And I pray, Father, that again it might cause us to go home to our places later and think about the things that we've heard and that it may challenge us to be greater men and women of faith. Now bless, I pray thee this morning, and guide and direct, for in Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Now over the years as I've grown up, I've heard many messages on faith. And a lot of those messages that I've heard always refer to this verse. And in fact, I want you to think about this for a moment. It is literally impossible for us to come up with any other definition for faith outside of the biblical definition. Amen. If you go in and you try to talk to someone off the street and say, now what do you think faith is? Their idea of faith is nothing what the Bible says. It is really something that they believe is far-fetched. In fact, one of the things that I have heard years ago is people say, well, you all believe in creation and such like that because uh, you're hoping that your faith will get you there. And then I like to stop them there and I say, what do you mean by that faith? And in reality, what they're thinking is, is that we have some far-fetched dream that we're laying hold on, some far-fetched idea. They want something that they believe is tangible, but the reality is they don't even have a tangibility. You see, those that believe in, in evolution, they are hoping for something that is truly far-fetched. They're talking billions of years ago, which there is no evidence of billions of years ago. And all scientific proof proves against it. In fact, everything about what they believe to is completely contrary to even common sense. You see, it's like this. I, I, I talked with a professor one time. He goes, well, we believe it all came from an amoeba. So, or, you know, a single-cell creature said, wonderful, where did the intelligence come from? I said, the first thing right off the bat, I said, when that little creature decided to be something, what did it become? I said, think about that. I said, did it become a tree? Did it become an animal? What did it eat? I said, everything that you want to think about, I said, there's no support system in it. I said, the only thing that has a support system that will truly prove itself is the biblical account. Amen. Nothing else will work. Well, I get ahead of myself. But the reality is, is when we think of faith, I want us to look quickly at what we see. First of all, it says, now faith is the substance. Do you realize that something is something that we can hold to? You see, many times what people fail to realize is substance is something that is real. If, if someone tells me that there's something over there that I can go get and I haven't seen it before and I go there, I expect to find it. 
because it is something that's real, it is something you can lay claim to, it is something that, that is there for us to take. So we think of faith as the substance of things hoped for. Now why in the world would we hope for something if we did not have confidence that it was real? Amen. I want you to think about this. In Hebrews chapter 12, right across the page for most of you in your Bibles, it begins to tell us where that faith is the beginning. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What were those witnesses giving us a witness about? That which they knew. Amen. That which is already in existence. That which they have already seen and can relate to us. We're so compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now watch this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now why that is so important is many times we fail to realize the purpose of that word author. It is the word authority. The one who established what we hope into, what we have the faith and the confidence in. When you think about this, he is the provider of our faith. He is the giver of our faith, and he gives us the reason to have that hope. Do you know, folks, that if I believe like every other religion, then I would really have to have confidence in me and no one else. But you see, my faith is tied into one who not only died, laid down his life, was buried three days, rose again after three days and three nights, and has lived again and has risen on high because he could do it to himself. I have confidence for me that he will provide it for me. Amen. See, that is the authorityship. That is the power wherein we have a hope in our substance. Now get this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That term hope, have confidence in. Amen. You know, too many times people, oh, I just hope, I hope I get my pills paid. That's my kind of hope. You know, the reality is, is at the end of the month, I look and I go, Lord, I need a miracle. Thou seest these bills that I have created. I needed, needed thee to get me out of it. The reality is, is that many times we wring our hands, and that's what we think hope is. The reality is, hope is far more than that. It's something we have laid our confidence in. You see, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My confidence is in his work. That's confidence. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. These eyes have not seen it, but this heart has. Have you ever thought about this? When Jesus said over in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Remember what he told them? He said, You don't. Because you don't believe. Now, here's the thing. He didn't turn around and say, they follow because they do believe, because it's understood. It's understood. Now, the question is, do we have that confidence, and do we really believe that this is what the Lord has given us, and that that confidence lies deep within us? Because here's the thing. If we don't have that hope, then we might as well close the doors and walk out the door and say, no more of this. And I'm afraid that's where we're at in this world. I'm afraid so much that people have given up on God's plan and they have given up on what God would have for us to do. And, and again, I speak, first of all, to myself. I look in the mirror and say, Lord, do I really have this confidence in you that you're going to perform what you have for me to perform by your grace? You know, it's like this. The Lord gave us a requirement to do, but many times we don't believe he can do it. 
We, many times we don't believe that he can do it. And then we sit around and go, well, it just must not have been his plan. Well, how do you know if you haven't worked the plan? Have you ever thought about a salesman? Salesman's job is to go sell something. No, we're not a salesman. I want to make sure I get that right. But when you think about it, a salesman has to do what is required or he cannot sell. We have a job to do, and if we don't do it, it doesn't go, doesn't go anywhere. And we almost become primitive in our thinkings, thinking that, well, God's going to do what he's going to do whether we do it or not. You can't show that to me in Scripture. It's not there. So with that in mind, I want us to think of something. We're back over here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and I want us to see a little bit about where we have that element and that purpose of faith and how it already exists. Now, the first thing we see is in Hebrews chapter 11, we find that the first purpose of that faith begins in verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God and that the things which were seen of him, excuse me, and the things which were not... I'm getting to do it again. My eyes just shifted on me. I'm sorry. I do have an eye that shifts. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. The first thing on the element of faith is this. Where is that purpose of faith and how does it work? In Luke chapter 17, and let's go over there just for a moment so you can see where I'm coming from. In Luke chapter 17... We find that the apostles make the request of the Lord regards to faith. Now watch this just for a moment. In Luke chapter 17, in verse 5, and it says, And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. That's what they were asking. That's what they asked. And notice how the Lord responded. The Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now think about this. He was saying if you had just the smallest of faith, which is the type of the grain of mustard seed, that's all you need. And I thought about that. If that is such a simple faith, then what was so wrong about increasing faith? Now here's what's interesting. The Lord doesn't end with that statement, according to Luke. He continues on and he goes, now, let me explain myself. But which of you, having a servant plowing a field, uh, plowing of feeding cattle, so will say unto him by and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meat? And will not rather say unto them, make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because uh, he did that which were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise, when you have done all those things which are commanded, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which, uh, which is, was our duty to do. And I looked in and I said, how does that pertain to faith? How many of you have ever asked that question? And you come back with you, hope is a reasonable answer. Well, the reality is this. Do you realize that a servant, the more that he is with the master, knows what the master will do? And he is learning of the master. Do you realize that that servant, did you notice what it said in that verse 5, plowing or feeding cattle? He was doing what was required. Do you realize, see, if we do not plant the seed of faith, it will not grow. I don't care how many, you know, if I have a bag of seeds and I don't put them in the ground, 
Now, I know some of you all have, have gardened before. I remember the first time that I planted a garden outside of my dad's home. See, for those of you that knew my dad, you, you planted for uh, yourself and the neighbors and the neighbors over there and, and everybody else in church. <laughs> we always have plenty of food. But, you know, when you plant the seed the first time, you know what you go out and do? Every day you look. Anyone ever do that? Next day you go out and look. It says on the pack, four or five days germination time, you're out there the first day. Second day, third day. After about four days, especially if it's green beans, you start seeing them pop their little heads up. And you go, yeah. I planted some seeds. And they grew. The next year you do it. You do about the same thing. You know, after about five years, you know what happens? You don't really go look. Because you know they're going to grow. Do you know where the product of faith happens in us? We plan at one time and we go, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. I don't know if it's really going to provide. Oh, God, please help my faith. Give it time. And you know what's interesting when it says about one grain of mustard seed? That when it grows, it grows up such that even birds can lodge in its branches. Yeah. From a seed. If we had all the faith in the world and never planted it, it still doesn't do us any good. It wasn't a matter of increasing it. It is using what I've already given you. Do you realize we already have that faith? How many of you have confidence that the Lord Jesus Christ created the earth in the beginning in six literal days? How many of you have that? Guess what? We have faith in the past. We have complete confidence and faith that those things back there truly did happen because the Lord God did it. And if you don't believe it was the Lord God, guess what? You've never read John chapter 1. Because it says, And all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. He is the Creator. Now how many of us really think about what's ahead of us? I mean, I'll tell you what. I have read the end of the book and we win by God's grace. I mean, think about this. I am looking forward to the millennial reign with Christ. Amen. Do you really believe in it? How many of us speak like it's real? Amen. Sorry. You walk on the bottoms, I'll walk on the yeah. top. Right. <laughs> the reality is, when we truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the millennial reign, we ought to talk like it's real. Amen. You know what, brother? We're going to have fun. Amen. We're going to be able to walk around without corruption, without growing older. We will be able to do everything that God wants for us to do for a thousand years. You think this earth looks good now. You ought to wait and see what's getting ready to happen. And we ought to be able to talk to people. I can't wait to walk with you all in glory. We don't talk like that. We talk about only the present. Well, wait a minute. It's almost like, but wait, there's more. Do you realize after that we have eternity? I can't even imagine eternity. Can you imagine never growing tired, never growing old, having all your real teeth, having good eyesight, having a young, youthful age, eternal? Amen. Dwelling with God. Amen. You better go read that. Not only will we dwell with Jesus Christ, we will dwell with God on this planet. Well, on the new planet. I don't know what it's going to be. People say, well, he's going to redo this planet. It says heaven and earth pass, which means destroy. 
something new. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine the eternal city, Jerusalem, coming down? You realize that that thing is just a little bit smaller than the moon? Come on, let your mind get, go out there. Get real with it. And his bride will be in it. You ever talk to someone who just lived the bride in their thoughts? We don't talk about being in the bride as we should. Yeah, we are, we are said we are part of the bride. She hath prepared herself. Come and look and see what she looks like. Do we believe in the things to come? I know we do. And guess what? We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, the third element. So we have the faith of the past, the faith of the future, and the faith for our salvation. Look over in the book of Romans. I want you to see this. We have tremendous confidence, Romans chapter 8, in the faith wherein we have. We have faith that he has given himself for us, that we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that we are his. We find these wonderful words in this chapter 8 where we are indeed redeemed by Jesus Christ, that he has been given to us by the direction of the Holy Spirit to show us that we are now the sons and daughters of God. I'm his. And you know what? No matter of corruption, is no matter how many sins I commit... And I'm not saying we have a license to sin. But all that I've done wrong is already committed to him and he's paid for it. Amen. Amen. Nothing shall separate me. And what I want to direct you is in the power of that faith of confidence that I am in him. Romans chapter 8. Look down to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Or distress? Or persecution? famine or nakedness or peril or sword for it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth or any other creature shall be able, able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the book of Philippians, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. Amen. Which means he's still working it. My faith is that I cannot lose my salvation because it's sealed in him. We have that confidence. Praise God for what he has done. His blood paid the penalty of my sin. And you know, I love telling people this. I love the simplicity of Romans chapter 10. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Amen. Right. And with the mouth, confession is made. Amen. You know, I'll tell you what, folks. I never grow tired of preaching the Word of God and seeing souls saved. Amen. Amen. I can tell you this. Last year, right before our camp, I was feeling as low as I could be. I mean, I was already going through so many of these struggles as I was even thinking, Lord, what do you want for me to do? And there was a part in me that I was saying, Lord, I just want to see the evidence that you're still working in me. Anyone ever want to have that desire? Lord, I just want to see the proof. And I was preaching one Sunday. I'm not kidding. I was preaching one Sunday, and I said, you know what? We need to see the Lord save souls so that we'll have confidence in him. About that time, a woman jumped up. She says, I want to get saved. I said, wait a minute. We're not done. You know, we would go into cardiac arrest if someone jumped up right now and said, I want to be saved. We can't do things like that. No. The Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. 
Really? You know, when someone wants to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, why, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. I believe. And that young lady, she went, I tell you what, you'd want to talk about teaching me faith. Her daughter, Jasmine, was saved at camp last year, or the year before. And Jasmine looked at me and she said, I said, Jasmine, I said, now the first act of obedience is that you want to follow in scriptural baptism. She said, I will be baptized after my mom is saved. Okay. I baptized mom and daughter together. And she said, I knew my mom was going to get saved. She taught this little preacher something. She believed God was going to save her mom. Now, if we want to get theological, well, she just might not get saved. We don't know if she's one of God's elect. We don't know. You know what, folks? Election is God's business. We are just to go about preaching the word of God, having confidence that he will perform what he says he will perform. Now, in the few minutes I have left, the fourth element, we have faith in the past, we have faith in the future, we have faith for our salvation, but do we have faith for today? That's the hardest faith. What I mean by having faith for today is that too many times I don't truly rely on God as much as I rely upon myself. It is the hardest thing in the world to say, here, Lord, I give this to you. When the Lord says, take my yoke upon you, for it is easy and my burden is light. In essence, we are to give Him our burdens and leave them with Him. That's hard for me to do. Lord, I'm going to have confidence in You for today and that You will take this. I want you to know, folks, I need those evidences of faith. What do you think we find over here in Hebrews chapter 11? All this entire record... I have faith that God did the great flood. I have faith in that Abraham was called of God. I have faith that through Isaac we would see the trail of blood begin. What I mean is the re- redemption blood. I mean, everything what we find in the book of Hebrews is there for our evidence. But I love the present evidence. Everyone heard about George Mueller? Y'all go read about that man. How that he had so much faith in God that literally when there was no food to feed the children in his orphanages that he made them bring the children in and set them down and said we're going to ask God to bless the food. And literally the mate that was watching over everything said where is no food? Have confidence. And he prayed Lord thank you for this food. And at that time go answer the door. And there stood the baker, and he goes, It was laid upon my heart that the children could stand some bread. Yeah. Would you like some bread for breakfast? Yeah. And the man is, uh, Yes! <laughs> and they bring all the pastries and lay them down in front of the children. And Mueller looks at him and goes, Wait for it. <laughs> Excuse me, governor. My, my milk cult just broke down, and I was getting ready to dump all this milk out in, out in the street, but I'm here in front of your orphanage. Can you use all this milk? It actually happened. I need that evidence. Charles Finney, Zanesville, Ohio. How many of you ever heard about that? There was a terrible drought in this state. We never get a drought in Ohio. And the farmers were complaining. 
And they said, what can be done? And Charles Finney said, you come to the services tonight. We're going to pray for rain. Yeah. And they came. And you know what he did? He put an umbrella on the stand. He said, I think I'm the only one that believes that God's going to send rain tonight. And they said that he began to pray. And as soon as he finished praying, off in the distance they heard, boom. And he kept preaching and preaching and it got louder and louder until there was a torrential downpour at the end of the message. Charles Finney went home dry. <laughs> and you know what, folks? When was the last time we had that kind of faith evidence today? Do we preach expecting that the Lord is going to save? Do we go out into the community telling people about Jesus Christ because we believe that He will fulfill the Great Commission? You know, the Great Commission says go. It takes faith to go. Preach. How shall they hear without a witness, without a preacher? What do we do with those that are saved? Leave them to their own devices? Baptize them. Then teach them. We like to get that thing muddled up. We want to teach them, make sure they got it all down pat. No, 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 no. You preach salvation. And God will bless. Because that's a promise. You don't baptize unless they're given. And they will not be given unless we do. And we will not do Unless we have faith. Amen. You know, we are called, and I love the title of this conference, Preach the Word. Amen. So that means it's not just here. Here we've met to worship. Yeah. Here we've met to worship. That's, right. That's the mission field. Amen. All around us. And you know what, folks? I'm preaching to the choir. Because yeah. I know there's a whole lot more for me to do. Lord, make my faith grow. Thank you, brother.